We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If I ventured in the slipstream. This episode of Inside Golf Podcast is brought to you by RickRunGood.com. All of the stats, tools, and info that I will be discussing on this podcast can be found over at RickRunGood.com. No golf this week, which is a wonderful opportunity because that gives me the chance to write about what I want to write about for the website. This week, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna tackle Colin Morikawa. Is he back? What can we expect out of him in 2024? What does his career trajectory look like after winning two majors at such a young age? Uh, and then I think I'll think of something else to write for Friday. Feel free to shoot me a message in that Discord if there's something you want me to deep dive for the website. I get to write about things that I want to on these weeks where we do not have any official golf tournament. Uh, I thought the stuff I wrote leading into the Ryder Cup humbly was some of the better work that I've done in terms of analyzing how that week was going to play out. So if you are in that golf nerd contingent, I would love to hear from you and uh, to access all of my written work, not to mention my model questions for me, as I mentioned in that Slack channel, my Wednesday final DraftKings thoughts, not to mention the best ownership projections, model builder, and all of the data that Rick already has on the site. Head on over to rickrungood.com, go to the sign up page, type in code Andy, and we would love to have you as part of that growing community. If you are an NFL guy, which I'd imagine that you are, if you are turning tuning into this podcast, ShipItNation.com is your place for all of my NFL stuff. We are off to an incredibly hot start once again in the NFL. I'm posting all of my NFL picks in that Discord exclusively. That is the only place to get all of my NFL stuff, and you can use promo code ANDY to take an extra 10% off we went 4-0 last week to bring our season record to 2013-1, and 61% against the spread. I've hit in the ballpark of 65% against the spread now over a three-year sample size. Uh, this is what I'm better at, frankly, than anything I do professionally is betting NFL games against the spread. Um, 
well, I've got a 250% ROI in golf this year. So maybe golf's making a comeback for me. But uh, this has been historically what I have been best at. I put a ton of work into it, analyzing the market, talking to people in Vegas, figuring out which way lines are going to move, knowing when to bet. It is passion project for me. Uh, and I'm posting all of my plays exclusively in that ship and nation discord. So the season is still young, ton of money to be made. I've already moved on multiple games this coming week. So strike while the iron is hot ship nation.com code Andy to get you that extra 10% off. All right. Coming up on this podcast. About once a year, Jeff Feinberg and I will come on for a lengthy discussion on football, golf, life, old Taylor Swift, mainly football today. Uh, We spend a lot of time going through all of the fringe Super Bowl contenders and analyzing who is for real, who are we buying, who are we selling, the schedule what futures bets you should make now, even a little little golf at the end. Tons of stuff. This is a jam-packed episode. So without further ado, let's bring on Jeff. All right, Jeff Feinberg is here. Uh, We do this a couple of times a year. We get to talk golf pretty much every week for Odds Checker, but Jeff's one of my favorite guys to talk football with. And so I thought that the fact that we don't have a golf tournament this week would be a nice opportunity for do for us to do like a little 40% way through of the NFL season check-in. So Jeff, I guess we'll start at the top. We're going to, I have a little gimmick plan for us. We're going to buy and sell some NFL storylines, but maybe, maybe the introduction into this is talking about your chargers because oh. my, <laughs> You're like, you're like, you're going to hit me with that right off the top. No, because the first, the first storyline that I was going to hit you with in terms of a buy, sell, hold was the chiefs as the team at the top of the team that is until proven otherwise doesn't really matter if they don't have too many receiving options and the weapons that they usually have outside of Travis Kelsey, although Kelsey was phenomenal. Is is this the team above the 49ers? And we could, again, use this in context to talk a little bit about the Chargers as well, too, in that game in general. But do they feel like the team in its own separate class or, or the 49ers right up there with you as your kind of Super Bowl as we stand 40% way through the season. I mean, I, I, it's probably silly because I don't own the Super Bowl future on either of those teams or any team that seems realistically is going to win the Super Bowl. But I've only really thought about it in the context of the conferences and not like actually who will be better off if they play, if they actually meet in Vegas at the Super Bowl. I think a lot has been shown through seven weeks that the Chiefs are clearly still a step ahead in the AFC and potentially dangerously getting better. When they made the Tyreek Hill trade, I was devastated. And I did not think, I wasn't sure how it was going to work for Miami. I was probably more negative in terms of giving away all that and then having to pay a receiver that. But that was at the very forefront of receivers 
the new market price of wide receivers. So now you'd argue that Hill is underpaid and it's worked out perfectly. But what scared the shit out of me then, and, and you'd see it in any content I did, was I thought that set the stage for Chiefs 2.0. It will yeah. now make that they got draft picks and they will just be a deeper team. They're led by such incredible forces with Mahomes, Kelsey, and and um, Reed, obviously. And they've shown even before this year, Andy Spagnola is just incredible at getting the most out of out of these defensive players, right? Who some of them don't have the biggest names and now they're incredibly deep. And part of that depth comes from not paying Tariq Hill. They wouldn't have that depth. They would not have layers to pretty much, they would not have a layer of depth at every layer of defense if they had signed Tariq Hill. And they've already gone on to win a Super Bowl. So they, they in many ways, they're, they're not only a cut above off the field, on the field, they're cut above off it. And, you know, it seemed like when they lost week one to the Lions, that maybe they were wobbly. They were wobbly in that Jags game. No one could take advantage. They were wobbly in the Bronco game. No one could take advantage. Um, So maybe, but in the end, that, you know, the receivers are just going to get more comfortable in their defined roles as the season progresses. They're not behind the eight ball like so many of the times Patriot Dynasty teams were out of September. Clearly, the Chargers, uh, by their own doing, were in no position to overtake them because we suck. And then going into what was such a big game, not not even an excuse, but the Chargers had the Widowmaker spot of playing on Monday, the Chiefs playing on Thursday, and and the Chargers like are already in a tough enough spot. They don't deserve to win anyway, but... You saw, I think that Widowmaker spot was almost the reason the Chargers like didn't lose by like the spread like we normally do, or like a field goal game that sort of played its way as that game came on. And and the Chargers, you already saw before last week, were probably in no position to threaten the Chiefs in the division, especially once the Chiefs got off the mat really after the Lions game so clean. So that was a lot of words, but I've always been pro Chiefs kind of in my assessments people have tried to call for their death to me at every step maybe it's someone that's just lived through their knives in my heart no i don't say my heart because i never really expect to beat them but i've just been daggered by them so many times i never even last year i never bought for a second their demise i yeah they're they're class above everything okay that's i think i'm on the same page with you that's why i wanted to start with the chiefs because i think they're deserving of a little bit of their own discussion before we get into our assessment of the teams like the Dolphins and the Ravens and maybe the Bills and some of the other contenders in the AFC. We'll circle back to the Chargers game too, because I have a couple thoughts on that as well. But if the Chiefs and 49ers met on a neutral field right now, what are you making that line? Chiefs minus one and a half yeah two yeah i think i'm at like mahomes is worth a lot i think the books know that like just the it's super bowl such a big game the general public it's just so easy to go to the window and say i'm betting mahomes i'm betting manning i'm betting brady like just you know it's he's that big game level quarterback of our time so i think they'll feel inclined to say you're gonna lay a couple points or a little juice right 
I have it at one and a half too. You know, the, the, the 49ers are, the 49ers are, uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. The 49ers are plus 400 to win the Super Bowl and the Chiefs are plus 450. Now we're recording this on Monday morning after week seven. So the 49ers haven't played yet. They play the Vikings tonight on Monday night football. And it looks like Christian McCaffrey's a go. There's a very good chance that they look phenomenal and even better than the chiefs looked against the chargers, but DraftKings still has them as the slight favorite over the chiefs right now. And then there's a drop off at least. I mean, well, kind of, it gets to the Eagles at plus 650 and then the Dolphins plus 850 and then the Cowboys at 11 to 1. So I guess what I would make of that Yeah, I it's also in in the moment there's a level of respect still for Josh Allen, Joe Burrow and the road that it takes to get to the Super Bowl maybe like the consecutive quarterbacks that you have to beat but and in the NFC, like maybe it's one ultra high end quarterback that you have to play to get to the Super Bowl. So yeah. maybe that could be the differentiation in it, or that the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I think don't that's know. it. I think the Chiefs' path to the Super Bowl is paved with a couple more harder tests than what the 49ers' path to the Super Bowl would be even with the Eagles looking pretty dominant on Sunday night. I mean, for bits and pieces of that game, they really went out ahead and ran in that fourth quarter. And and for the majority of the part of the game, the Dolphins were hanging with them pretty tough. But you look at that, I was because I was thinking about that Chiefs Chargers game too, which just get it over with. <laughs> Here's the thing. I had um I'm not happy. I'm happy with nobody. You get it over with. We root we we we've nothing good has come of anything. I, I don't know. Just get it over. You keep alluding to it, so just rip off this band-aid you keep peeling on me. <laughs> I'm not gonna I, I will not turn this into Chargers radio. No. Anyone that sort of knows me well, like that playoff loss last year obviously still lingers. Not only with the team, but it lingers in my ability to like truly get excited. Like I'm just upset. I cha- it's a total overhaul, but I I don't know, man. They're not good enough. That's just the bottom line. They you miss mentioned- their center. They miss their all pro center. When they don't have their all pro center, Herbert is just different. He's not good enough to be without him. I guess. Period. You mentioned the spot, and I think that's really crucial in how we dissect this game. I think it's something like teams that were coming off a Monday night football game playing a team that had the mini buy and played on Thursday, something like 16 and six against the spread over the past. Drew Dinsink said they they called the Widowmaker spot, apparently, professional. Right. And that's why. A lot of the Vegas guys that I spoke to were pretty heavy on the Chiefs this week, even though I felt five and a half felt fair. And that's why I ended up staying away from the Herbert game. never not covered at five and a half. So there was a lot of just general take the points. The Chargers always play close games. 
They didn't even cover the teaser yesterday, Andy, which is for the Chargers. I can't remember the last time the Chargers didn't hit my teaser legs. So yeah, we got caught by the Widowmaker. And I thought they were. I thought they were really. I thought they were really plucky in the first half, but I don't think they scored in the entire second half. Did they? Okay, I know Herbert. Just to get it out of the way, he ended the game. It was red zone interception, three and out, three and out interception. Yeah, one of the three and outs, they ran three fucking times. <laughs> Sorry, I said it, I didn't care. But I just wanted, like, I literally sit there being like, okay, if we're going to die on the sword, we're going to die just chucking it around the yard. Nope, nope. One score game, we get the ball back in the second half. Run, run, run. And then the monorail man punts. So what am I supposed to make of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Herbert threw an interception, both batted, batted balls, two-minute drill. All I can say to the Herbert discourse is the last two games have probably been to the worst of his career, and there's three years and a month of him being a spectacular quarterback. So there's three years and a month of him being a spectacular quarterback. You could debate the other things, the finer things. We don't win on margin. He's responsible for some of that, not all of it, less of it than I think the people who want to blame him give him. But like, there's enough that there's enough there for me not to overreact to any of this. The Chiefs are got also... to take control. Those got to take control of the situation because his reputation is now being tarnished by other people. And he's got to take control of that. So I would hope he wants to. I'll leave it at that. The Chiefs are also just, I thought that was the Chiefs' most impressive offensive performance of the year. Like Mahomes had 400 yards and four touchdowns. Travis Kelsey was really good in that game. Oh, yeah. Why don't we play off the ball? Why don't we leave the middle of the field wide open? I mean, what a club. I have never, I don't know. That 20, coach, 20, 23 EPA for Mahomes. So, okay. So you mentioned the coach and this is how I want to put a bow on the chargers conversation before we get into buying and selling yeah, move on. some move of the on. other, some of the other kind of second tier Super Bowl contenders, but is a better outcome for you is a more fun outcome for you. If the chargers make a second half resurgence into the playoffs as a wildcard team, because I, I don't think that's out of the question like i still think this team could absolutely go like 10 and 7 or it gets worse and you can guarantee that staley isn't coming back like what what would you say you're rooting for more because i i think you're in this weird middle zone where you are not even remotely bad enough to root for this team to throw this year away but isn't like the long-term saddest outcome from you guys is if you sneak your way into the playoffs as a 10 and seven team, look really good in a wild card game, maybe like beat the Jaguars in a wild card That's, game I take or that. lose, I'll take lose. That. To, but Staley comes back. I, I take that Andy, because then I'm a crazy, listen, there's too much on the line this year. Like if they lose to the bears on Sunday night, I will then be like, I think we should sell players. I don't think someone wants to give us something. I do worry that a regime of everyone who would get fired 
wouldn't want to do those sorts of things. Like, why am I helping the next guy? I know I'm dead. But if they lose like their next game, like if they lose the Bears on Sunday, I will literally be like, I, maybe we need to trade Joey Bosa, Derwin J, like trade guys. I mean that. And that's a fucked up thought. On the other hand, Andy, if they actually do what you say you think they can do, he wouldn't 100% get to keep his job. And I would say that because he took them to the, I know people would say it's still an underachievement, but they would have finished over 500 in his first year and missed the playoffs. And then he would have gone to the playoffs in two straight years. Like as a Charger fan, I am not from this era. I am not clouded with winning or remember a glory year where I could not think a coach who takes me to the playoffs back-to-back years deserves to keep his job. Like, again, if you're a team in an organization that's used to winning a championship or contending all the time, that is like, and if you're a fan of certain teams, you're probably like laughing at me. But just sitting here now, like, there's no way. Of course, I think he would deserve to keep his job. I actually think he would deserve, as dumb as he is in some ways, and I don't understand how basic some of the problems are for him. Yeah, I think he'd have to keep his job if they make the play. I would take that. I Getting Herbert into the playoffs and letting whatever happens happens from that, I would let him keep his job. I've said it five times. But anything but that, you're going to the fucking guillotine, and the GM who's been there way too long comes is going too because he's not hiring another coach. And and the conversation I have with my friend Junior Spanos at Can- in Canton at Gates's induction this summer is of a lot different tune. <laughs> it's like not a fun. It's not a fun meet and greet. You know, and I it- put myself in places. I I buy tickets to the dinners and the events where I'm in the places to have these conversations. I They're think it's all expensive. it's all going to come down to this three game stretch between week 10 and 12, because you know, it all comes down to honestly, Andy, uh, I don't do chargers radio, but I'm in my head. It's like, they play the bears. You get to three and four and then they play the jets on Monday night. And this on is on the disaster. road, on the road. But, but here's the thing, not to you, you, you think it's bad now, you know, over under the amount of people in my like DMS asking me, like, I use the chargers as an eliminator. I do not care <laughs> about your eliminator. I don't like, I want to win my eliminator. I might use them, but I just mean like, I don't care about your, like, you got to do what you want. The last thing I need people to do is hating me because the chargers lost their eliminator. I'll give you other reasons to hate me. Not that, but yeah, bears on Sunday night, then jets on Monday night. So well, then the lions, world is- lions coming off a buy at home in week 10. And then you get Ravens in week 12 at home coming off a mini buy. And you have to okay, win yes. one of those games. And then no, in the Andy, sandwich is in between this is, is Packers point. on the road. Just hear me out. Cause I'm a loser. That's I haven't looked at the schedule. I just know the schedule. They have to get to four and four. They get to four and four, which means beating the bears and beating the jets. Seems like in their own different ways, it feels like every jets and chargers game. This year will be toss-ups, but for different reasons. That makes any sense. Yeah. You get to four, so and, four and you get, so now li- hear me and you get lines coming off a bye. No, no, I don't want I don't want to do every game, but then they're four and four. And then I look at it like this. The only chance to do what they what you think they can do 
means they have to go five and one in the division. Right now, they're one and one with a Raider win and a Chiefs loss. They have to sweep the Broncos and they have to beat the Raiders, which puts them at four and one. And then the Chiefs game is the last week of the regular season. And on this pace, I'm cheering for the Chiefs to beat the Dolphins in Germany. So essentially, the Chiefs are like in a could be maybe in a full buy secured mode. So at five and one in the division, I'm going crazy here and I'm boring the shit out of your audience. But if they get to four and four, and they can make good on five and one in the division, then they have to steal one of the other games you're and beat the Patriots. Then they have to steal one of the other games you're talking about. Can we get off the Chargers? Your audience doesn't want to hear it. I'm telling you. Okay, let's. But let's you said they can win ten, and I'm telling you how they can get there. That's not me saying I believe they can get there, but I just know. I think about it. My brain is just always on a on a on a hamster wheel with that stuff. So I know where they stand in that regard. Okay, I actually think uh, I wanted to start with the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs deserve the headline, right, as the best team in the AFC. But I actually think the Ravens as a Super Bowl contender is a really fascinating discussion. So if I told you the Ravens as a legitimate Super Bowl contender, are you are you buying or selling that coming off a pretty dominant performance over a very plucky Lions team that a lot of people were penciling in as like a top six, seven team in the NFL? And the Ravens just gave those guys the business in the trenches. And Lamar was super efficient. He did it with his legs. He did it with his arms. They scored on their first four drives. They were very effective in the red zone. They were also like, I loved the Ravens in that game, but like they were coming off an international trip. And I thought no matter how you slice it, it was a pretty impressive performance. So if I gave you the Ravens as a legitimate Super Bowl contender, are you buying or selling that? And when I say for the purposes of this conversation, a legitimate Super Bowl contender, I'm saying this is one of your bona fide top four teams in the conference. Oh yeah. I'm buying it totally. Yeah. And I, maybe that's just the hyperbole of them being like, you know, the big screen game yesterday and it being a flawless performance and MVP level performance. But even before yesterday, which was kind of a polarizing game in the sense that I know a lot of like the sharp betters professionals love the Ravens for so many let alone the injury report, the outdoors, just a lot of good matchup. And the moment, the moment the national media starts being like, are the Lions truly elite? Like, you know, we've all seen that script before, just with any team that um, is still in the prove it stage. They get punked by the Ravens. But to the reason that I do, that I call them a legitimate contender before yesterday, I'm just one of these guys. I'm a true believer in like uh, Smith and Queen on the defense. So, well, they do have some holes potentially at, at corner and in the secondary, I I like a lot of what goes on there. And Lamar is playing at an MVP level, even in the games they lose. It feels like it's not his fault. Roquan, Roquan Smith has been unbelievable, by the way. Um, Incredible. Yeah. They're 16 to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I bet them prior to the season to win the AFC. And I this is one of the reasons what were they why. before the year to win the Super Bowl? Pardon me. Uh it was around 16 25? to 1. Yeah, it was around oh. 16 to 1. They they really haven't moved much. 
sixteen that's to one surprising. Is, is still is still that's a pretty surprising. good number in in my mind. But I think they have. I don't love this spot against the Cardinals in terms of like an ATS game, but once you get past that game, which they still should win, Seahawks at home, Browns at home, Bengals at home. So they play, and then the and then your Chargers. So they play, and then they're by. So they play three home games in a row against good teams. Seahawks, Browns, Bengals, Bengals on Thursday night. So I go on the road. Then they then they go on the road to the Chargers, and then they have their bye. Oh, and then they they do have team off a Thursday game. Yeah. So the Chargers in back to back weeks play the Lions coming off a bye and the Ravens coming off a mini bye, both at home. What the fuck is going on? Not that we're good enough to win on margin in a what? Whatever. Who cares? We see. So are you? So we're then, actually good. That if we're actually good, that stuff would bother me. But so if you, I because I'm buying two as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. The next team I'll throw at you then in the AFC is: Are you buying the Bills as still a legitimate Super Bowl contender after coming off two pretty porous performances, one barely in a win against the Giants? And now coming off a loss against a very reeling Patriots team. I'm not going to like sell out the bills. It would be more so for the season long injuries than maybe those performances. Matt Milano losing Matt Milano is a fucking killer. Yeah, it's huge for them. And And he's like the heartbeat uh, of that defense. And I think you got a significantly downgrade that defense without Milano. I don't want to make my well, who do the Bills have on their upcoming schedule? I think they're going to I think they're going to smack the Bucks on Thursday night football. And then they have a tough like they have a tough road ahead. Like for the rest of the year, the Bills still play the Bengals on the road, the Eagles on the road, the Chiefs on the road, the Cowboys at home the Chargers on the road and the Dolphins on the road. Like the Bills could easily lose seven seven games this year easily. There's going to be at least they're going to be an underdog to the Eagles. They might be a slight underdog to the Bengals on the road depending on how they look against the Bucks. They'll be an underdog to the Chiefs on the road. They will probably be a slight underdog to the Dolphins in week 18 on the road. And there'll be slight favorites over the Cowboys at home and slight favorites over the Chargers on the road would be my guess. So there's like six coin flip games in there. I mean, just off the last couple of weeks, it feels like that, like it's easy to say that they play down to their competition. Oh, they play the Bengals on, on Sunday night in two weeks. That'll be a big one. I'm, I'm torn. I don't know. Do I have to buy uh, this one? You can hold. I'm... You can hold. You can straddle yeah, the fence with I, that I, one. I hold. This is. They're, they've already proven this year to be like a Jekyll and Hyde team, very much. You know, moments of like Allen looking like Jay Cutler, a bad version of Brett Favre, which I guess is Jay Cutler. I don't know. I'm 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 trending into more buying than selling, though. I'm not out. I know there's a lot of mud being slung around them today though 
and the injuries, like you said, Milano, Trey White, just absolutely. Yeah, in such a hyper competitive conference, like, um, I don't know. That's real tough to overcome. I'm still trending towards buying. This was my preseason yeah. Super Bowl pick. And I, you mentioned it with the Jekyll and Hyde nature of this team and playing down to their competition. They also looked like world beaters between weeks two and four. They destroyed the Raiders. They destroyed the commanders on the road and they beat the Dolphins pretty handily on the road and then had to go to London, which was essentially a home game for the Jaguars, a terrible spot, a Jaguars team that had already been there and then lost to them in London. But I but will prior make a to conclusion that, on them. I will make my conclusion on them maybe uh, like after the Bengals game. I guess. Maybe yeah. We'll decide. I mean, uh, but they, I'm confident. I'm co- like right now, if you're asking me to bet Bills versus Bengals, I bet the Bills. I think that they'll be up. They'll be a huge game. I know that there'll be the whole Hamlin side story in that one. Up, up, up. But I, I believe, like right now, I'd pick them to beat the Bengals on the road. So obviously, I don't think that, like, I don't want to sell them. Yeah. Okay. So you're buy on Ravens. I'm buy on Ravens. I'm buy on Bills. You're hold on Bills. So we're probably going to get into some teams that were maybe a little bit more lukewarm on. The Jaguars are five and two, 11 to one to win the AFC, 25 to one to win the Super Bowl. Are you buying the Jaguars coming off a Thursday night win to get to five and two on the road against the Saints as a legitimate potential top four AFC team? No. Well, they might be in the position of that team. I don't believe that they are uh, that team. I thought fade. I thought going. I will say this. I am impressed because I thought going to England for two weeks and then not coming back and not taking your buy was a pretty bold move. And I've lost money in betting against that move in both the Colts and the, the Saints games that they've played. So I don't know whether I'm supposed to triple down versus Steelers or just walk away. Who I think they play this week, but quite an impressive run for them. I'm still not fully buying buying them no so i'd be a sell but they'll be in a spot to win a special game i think you're gonna find out a lot about this team in week 10 when they're coming off a buy playing the 49ers at home i think that's going to be a very telling test for the jaguars who haven't played a lot of tough teams yet this year outside of the chiefs which they lost to in week two the 49ers are really, it's been Bills, Chiefs, 49ers, and then they've had a lot of Colts, Falcons, Texans, Colts twice. They played the Colts twice. I'm selling too. They may get there because of their record. I still think this is a team that's going to finish 10 and 7, 11 and 6, but this feels like a one and done playoff team to me. Uh, the Dolphins, probably. The Dolphins are the last real team in the AFC that I would, if you're saying we have the Chiefs in as a top four AFC team, the Ravens in as a top four AFC team, you're a little bit more lukewarm on the Bills than I am. Is the are the Dolphins probably the most deserving of that fourth spot 
before we do quick, maybe rapid fire on Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, that NFC North trio. Yeah. And also the Dolphins, I mean, maybe they were, I think they're probably worthy of that fourth spot. And they're also number one and probably the most fascinating team in the entire league. Fun to watch. Incredibly fun to watch. I will say, I feel like the discourse coming out of that game versus Philadelphia towards Tua is incredibly unfair. Uh, he's almost like I get you could put a spotlight on the games against the good, the better teams, you know, the Bills game and, and the Eagles game. But I don't know, man. The guy, when, when he's got like, he puts that ball on a dime and like he put one right onto a streaking Tariq Hill, right? And that he dropped the ball, went off his knee. I don't know. Like, I'm just so. Like, it just goes like, should he be in the MVP race to like making fun of him for not beating like a, a like a super high end team? I don't know. But I guess it's all just like Internet discourse in some respects. Ramsey's coming back. They've got offensive line injuries. A lot of guys have been in and out of the lineup on defense. I am buying, but I will say. No one ever wins. This is what I said to my dog. I got a lot of dolphin friends in my orbit, Andy. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's a part of like being my age. You know, when you know in 1990, you just want to be the cheer for the team with the best players. There's a lot of like Dan Marino pennants, you know, in my friends' rooms growing up. You'd never the team that wins the Super Bowl is never the best team in the league in September. Ever. Yeah. I'd- I'd agree with that. Like ever. And this isn't a knock on the Dolphins per se. This is like when I was like having a um, talking talking ball with my boys. I was like, the only criticism I have of Miami is they might have played their best football. And you don't win the Super Bowl. The team that wins the Super Bowl hasn't played its best football yet. It's playing good football. It's playing solid football. It's winning games. But the best they got we haven't seen it. So I'd almost worry, like, maybe we've seen Miami's best, but maybe not. They're so innovative. They're so fun. They're getting healthier. Kind of like the Lions, they probably will now still exist. Like, you've got to prove it to me because you haven't won a game and all these quarterbacks around you who you'll probably be competing against in the playoffs have, have won a game. But I'm, uh, I'm not selling. I, I, like, I'm not selling at all. That's like a, a the link on Sunday night and Kelly Green. I don't care. Like that's a write off to me. That doesn't. I don't make any long term. Like I don't make any long term assumptions based on that team. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Off like a spot game, like that at all. Even the Bills is on the road. Like give him yeah. a chance. Let them play a good team at home. Yeah, nice, nice but little I, I landing spot that. this week against the Patriots, too, as like 10-point favorites as well. Yeah, and then they get the Chiefs in Berlin. Mm. And I will say this, Andy, as someone that loves NFL minutia almost as much as I love the games, that's <laughs> just, I, I don't that is like, how do I put this? That game is going to have like a, not to us, not to us who are watching football on, on seven screens on Sunday. But to so many, that game is like a Super Bowl feel. And I don't mean because both teams are good. 
I just mean if you've been following the situation of this game in Germany, how it's being treated, the the ticket sales, the ticket requests, I'm sure like the the logistics of everything about it will feel not like the stakes, but it will have like this as huge a game vibe as you could possibly ever have. And that's and that really has nothing to do with the fact that it could be a AFC like championship preview. That's a cherry on top. I just mean like the fever pitch about this football game in Berlin in Germany. Um, I, I it was never like this for England when they f- went for their first time. It wasn't. Do you think Taylor Swift's there? Do you think Taylor Swift makes the trip to Germany? I don't know. I don't you know, know she's she's so so that game is um that game Two would weeks. be that game would be Sunday, November 5th, if I have that correctly, in Berlin. She's playing in Buenos Aires, Argentina, November 9th. So you know, four days before playing a concert in Argentina, she does three nights in a row in Argentina ninth. 9th to 10th. Just real quick side note on this one as a fun buy sell. Are you buying and selling that? Because my girlfriend came on. She's a massive Taylor Swift fan. And we talked about this when it was first starting to pop off when she, right before she came to MetLife for the Jets game. And I held the opinion that this was a lot more strategic than she wants to give this credit for in terms of their relationship. I don't know if I could definitively say if Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey in May. I don't know if she's making all of these appearances at NFL games, if her movie isn't hitting thousands of theaters the same weekend. But after a certain point, if you're choosing to spend every Sunday with Bernie Kosar and Jackson Mahomes, like I feel like you kind of got to say that she might kind of sort of like the guy. She's willingly spent like the last four Sundays with Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, that's yeah. He doesn't have 100%. to do that. A hundred percent. And even like, you know, there's someone in her circle that's like giving her the, the up, like the, the four one one on like the Mahomes policy. Right. No hey, Taylor, like you Patrick's can still date Travis Kelsey and you don't have to hang yeah. out with Jackson and Brittany. Yeah. Mahomes every like, we get it. Like you cannot, <laughs> you'll have to invite Brittany to your wedding. Like Travis, like, but that doesn't mean you have to be friends. You're Brittany. You're, 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 you're Taylor Swift. You have your own suite. Um, but yeah, I agree. You are not fucking flying into Kansas city every other week. Yeah. For, like for, uh, Yeah. It's I'm not like at a full 180, but I've gone from a selling their relationship to hold. That's a firm hold for me at this I point. I will listen. I will. Um, I've been labeled as like a Swifty, but that's only in the orbit of the Pat Mayo orbit where like Tim and Pat are like just totally not and really don't know anything about it. So like on that context, I am a Swifty. At least on that panel, like there's certainly no one that knows more about her than I, and that's not saying much. But yeah, my my seven year old was at the movie as Travis Kelsey was putting up two hundred on me. My seven year old was dancing in the aisle to that movie, uh, and then coming home and happy to hear that Taylor's boyfriend did great. 
So whatever they're doing, it's it's working. But she doesn't need the NFL. She's bigger than it. But I don't know. I don't even like her like humanizing herself with football. Because before this relationship, I was just so impressed by the fact of like her celebrity and that true celebrity in a world where everyone now feels like a celebrity. No, I don't actually mean that. But like, what is a celebrity is so clouded these days. It was like nice for me. I enjoyed seeing that true, true, true celebrity still exists. And that's Taylor Swift. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why she wants to be in Kansas City eating Gates barbecue unless she's truly in love. You know what's worth five bucks? And this will be putting a bow on the Swift, uh, the Swift Kelsey. Can't believe, yeah, I can't believe said, like, I'm debating if she's truly in love. I, I also, like, started this thing on the team that he's not good enough for her in. Like, a dude that went on a dating reality show. To find like a partner isn't good enough for someone who I'm not like even a Swifty. I'm just a big fan of her. Well, I guess that means I'm a Swifty, but I just like a big fan of the whole incorp. Like uh, I'm, I'm just a you're fan in of on whole you're in thing. on the whole ecosystem. Yeah, the whole thing. I I approve. I think it's it's fascinating, and I'm support it. And obviously, like I only get more into it as um. I, you know, maybe I'll be dragged to a concert in the fall here in Toronto. You never know. Kelsey's 200 to one to win MVP. Shut did, up. Could, could you see Roger Goodell just being like, hey, bud, thanks for increasing our female viewership by like 80% this year. No, but if they did the PIP <laughs> thing like golf, he'd win. Right. Okay. Oh, final question. Part. This is all I need to say then. We can leave the topic. God damn it. You're in a brand new world, Travis. And people will say the opposite to what I'm about to say, but no, 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 no. You're hanging out with different people now. You're hanging out with different people now. And when this season's over, you need to be making YR1 money. Okay? <laughs> this is me to you as a division rival. You're with a billionaire, but you have to, you can't undercut yourself. She's a shrewd businesswoman. Sure is. And she's going to see the stats and the market. And you and, better fucking get what you're worth, God damn it! And isn't dating, isn't the biggest pop star, maybe the biggest celebrity in the world right now, dating a Kansas City chief, like the NFL's dream of like being oh, the one, so fucking, being, oh, being the yeah, one true course. league where it feels like the smaller markets are able to generate just as much buzz as like in the NBA, like Taylor Swift's not dating a Minnesota Timberwolf. Right. But in the NFL, in the land of like the Packers being one of the biggest you NFL Browns, even Nugget. Dallas. Yeah. Like Denver. Yeah. No, I, I think it's kind of a dream scenario for the NFL in that sense too, is that a team from Kansas city is not that they totally needed already being defending Super Bowl champions, but I, I think it's working out pretty well for all And I'm not crazy. Involved. I will say there's people that think the Chiefs get calls. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I do believe the Chargers got the better end of calls yesterday, uh, at least in my like blurried state. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't see that as much as like Chief haters do. Maybe last, it should be one, but I'm not Last a AFC question is... The best bet 
to make a run in the AFC out of the other three AFC North teams. Is it Steelers, Bengals, or Browns for you? Which team, which team scares you the most? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Bengals because, you know, when they are firing on all cylinders, I have a Browns future. Some like smart math guys told me like before the season, like 42 to one or something. Yeah, I have a big but, bet on um, them to make the playoffs at like plus 125 or something like that. Which I, I don't really believe in wild. them and I don't really know how they could win multiple games against the quarterbacks required. Uh, what's Miles' defense is yeah. once we get to that part of the year? Um, Miles Garrett include, is now include the favorite for defensive player of the year. By the way, I think that's that Who? at oh, yeah, two to one over. is still that feels over to me. Oh, that's two to one. Yeah, it feels like actually you're still betting a good against bet. injury, but I would <laughs> no, you're betting against injury. Who's it? Parsons would be next up. Obviously, I don't understand. I don't understand why Parsons is is co-favorites with Garrett. The only thing that I could see is if the Niners go like 15 and two and statistically finish with a better defense than the Browns, then I think there's a really good chance they give it to Warner or Bosa, but I could also see Warner and Bosa splitting votes. Uh, no, I I'm actually might even bet out of this conversation today, Andy, I might walk away with two new bets. One being the Ravens to win the Super Bowl at 16 to one. Good number still. Yeah. And the other being this um, two to one miles. I mean, you're betting against injury. Like you, right? Like you're betting against, you're betting against injury and the one thing i will say like it's so important to me and listen it's a guy who's two to one so obviously the case is there but i he's never won the award and he's already how do i put this 
though he's never won the award to the people who vote, he's already proven that he's worthy of winning the award. And so many times before you can win an award like that, you have to have, you have to have already shown that you're good enough to win the award. Right. Sometimes the season that you're actually your best isn't the season you win the award. It's the season you show the award, the voters that you're worthy of the award. And then the follow-up seasons, you can get it. I don't know if I made any sense there, but literally outside of like Lamar winning MVP out of nowhere, you only win those awards once you've proven you can win it. I think the only scenario that would spook me outside of the 49ers going like 15 and two is if the chiefs go like 14 and three, I really don't think that Chris Jones at 30 to one no, is a bad There's bet. no one. You don't think so? No, no, he missed too many. No. Pretty um, dominant. It's a lot of Aiden Hutchinson buzz too, which could maybe transition us into the NFC. Cause the first time I was going to ask you about is the lions and the NFC coming off that big loss to the Ravens. It's polarizing loss, but it doesn't really change. That's a right. Like I was never re- re- like the lions. They've done everything they need to do this season in the sense that like, it's sort of like a prove it year. A lot of us are still sort of being like, okay, lions, like prove it. And so far they've done that. But I never really bought into the conversation that they're truly one of the best teams in the league. So I don't care to overreact to them now like leaving that conversation are they the like third they almost best got ranked too the... high in the last yeah. couple weeks that now people want to knock them back down a little they're right where they should be if that makes any sense are they the third best team in the nfc or is that the cowboys i would probably take the i would take the lions to beat the cowboys yeah i on a neutral i have them like I have the Cowboys favored by like one and a half. I think I'd take the Cowboys by a hair, but I think it's really close. Yeah. I really love, I mean, I don't know who would be next then. Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. So like, like those are the, those are the NFC people. teams that I would give you as if you have to buy two out of three in Seattle, Detroit, Dallas, assuming we feel pretty damn good about San Francisco and Philly. Are you taking Dallas and Detroit over Seattle? That would probably be the safe answer. There are very few quarterbacks to me throwing like a nicer ball than Gino right now. Yeah. And that Seattle is a, Seattle is a good, Seattle is a good defense too. Yeah. The defense is coming on. I mean, they continue to do such an outstanding job at the draft. I mean, they, well, it's like two really it's hard to live up to repeat last year's draft but they've done another excellent job andy and just bringing bodies in there who who flat out just ball from go envious even envious. uh even the receiver they drafted kind of filled in for uh smith Najagba filled in for dk pretty nicely i still think they are the odds makers have them as in a clear tier below the Cowboys and the Lions. And I think I kind of agree. I the odds makers have them at 20 to 1 to win the NFC compared to the Cowboys at plus 550 and the Lions at 6 to 1. And I think I'm okay with that. Maybe there's a little bit less of a gap. Maybe it should be something like 
15, 16 to one Cowboys and Lions in the eight to one range. Um, but I think I'm generally okay with the Cowboys and Lions for me personally, still being in a slight tier above the Seahawks. And then I think the final NFC question that I would ask you is for the final playoff spot, it's Rams, Saints, Falcons, Bucks, Vikings. And I think I like the Rams the best out of that group. Well, one of those teams has to win the division. Right. So South, assuming that one of the Saints, Falcons, or Bucks wins the division, who do you Which like out are. of those three to win the division? It's still Saints for me. It's still the Saints for me as well. Yeah. Um, Plus 200 to win the division. I actually think this is a good time to buy on the Saints because I already bet. I already bet the Saints plus one and a half. I have like a pretty strong buy order in that and a couple of guys in Vegas I really trust. Pretty heavy on that as well. It's already moves have been made on that Saints plus one and a half on the road against the Colts. If you like them against the Colts this week, which I do, they're two to one to win that division right now. And the Falcons are plus 125 coming off a win. I think you could. Pair I know when that, they go outside of the division. I know when they go outside of the division, things can get like hairy. I mean, to the point that they lost at Houston, getting one field goal while, like, I think in the red zone four times in the second half. Um, but I believe that the style of fight that they play versus Tampa and Atlanta will have them winning the division games that matter, which will decide the division. Like the, their style of fight is perfect for those opponents. While they go outside of the division, they can get exposed a bit by like real quarterback play. But inside of division play, there is no real quarterback play. So cars, you know, on yes, Mayfield and his incredible whatever he's been up to to avoid his sacks and turnovers. I'm one of those that is being like there's going to be a regression there. Um, and I'm not a Derek Carr fan, but if he's healthy, I feel like it will look a lot better in a month from now. I would agree with that. I don't think he's I don't think he's fully healthy yet either. And I, still I don't think, think he's good or healthy. Right. But when he is healthy, I it won't look it won't look like they literally only run three plays. I have to believe that. As someone who wants to bet them to win a division, I have to believe at some point when you watch them play, it's gonna look like there's really more than three concepts here, right? On offense. Right. There well, hasn't been Alave and Kamara are doing a lot of heavy lifting in that offense, but do I like that offense more than the Falcons offense still? Probably. I think I do. Yeah, I do. Did they beat yeah. the Falcons too already? Or no, they mm -hmm. beat Tampa. I don't know if they played it. They actually lost to Tampa, um, but they have, I can tell you right now, they lost to Tampa in week three at home. They have not played the Falcons yet. They get the Falcons after their bye in week 12. And then they also play the Falcons in the final week of the season, which could at home, which could decide that division. They play the Bucks on the road in week 17 and the Falcons at home in week 18. And I still like the, the saints for that. Division and I'm one of these one. people like I would not that it's, uh, 
a bold statement, but um, I believe Tampa's about like I believe it will just be between Atlanta and New Orleans. I don't believe Tampa's going to stay in the fight. I agree. I will. I've gotten a lot of things right this NFL season, so I'm happy to hand up this one and admit when I'm wrong because I, I had a lot wrong. I had this. I was the worst on. I had this team as a as a playoff team. I think Jordan Packers. Love's like actually bad. I think he's like a bottom six quarterback in the NFL. I think he's really bad. This is more eye test than anything, but there has not been a Jordan Love game that I've watched this season yet where I was like, this is a competent NFL quarterback. I think he's bad. I really do. So I tried to interrupt you to take credit for, no, let me say I'm wrong about the Packers. First. <laughs> I was, I was one of those people, Andy, like yeah. I got a, listen, they'll, they'll be suckered into hope to have a few winners in there to offset some of the losers. But yeah, I, I look in those pendings and I see, uh, I mean, maybe they can cash what, maybe it's an over seven a seven and a half sure, or maybe, but is I got some Fleur yeah, good yeah, coach. Just, like, I don't, there's just a lot of this could be an inflection point for this team over the next couple of weeks. Because yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's the happening there. Um, in full disclosure, you know, the Chargers were playing at four. Didn't really pay a lot of attention to that game. I, I, I'm proud of myself to say I didn't bet the Packers or the Bron. Like, I didn't bet the Packers to beat the Broncos. That's how weird I felt about that game. But yeah, that's that's going to be maybe my biggest preseason L. It would sound so embarrassing to even regurgitate it. I think I even have a Packers to win the North at like 33 to the the sorry, the NFC at 33 to 1. I was one of those people that was like, I think the whole team's good. I don't know about the quarterback, but if the yeah. quarterback is fine, I really like the rest of the roster. Quarterback is not fine. He's worse than fine. And the roster and the coach feel like they've regressed together. So, Bazinga. So, what's the seventh team for you? Is it Rams? Is it Vikings? Is it Falcons, assuming that uh, the Saints win the South? It's not Packers. It's not Commanders. It's not Giants or Bears. I think it's, it's the, the Rams. Rams, I guess. Yeah, I the think Rams it's the are Rams. healthy. Between between like if Stafford is healthy and the weapons they have on offense and my trust in Sean McVay, I guess Aaron Donald would also need to stay healthy. But yeah, that would be the team that I um Yeah, of all those teams I'd like the team that scares me the most is a healthy Stafford with McVay, with a healthy Donald Rams coach by Sean McVay, assuming the offensive weapons are also not all hurt. I would agree. Okay, final buy and sell. We're going to change gears here for a second because I got to run to a doctor's appointment soon as well. It's Colin Morikawa back. How do we quantify it? I mean, yeah, he's one. It's a big win. Is it a big win? No, like he won, like the margin of victory. Right. He was a runaway. He was He was pretty dominant on Sunday. You know yeah, who was the fit? Yeah, I mean, it was him. It was it was. Um, don't get me started. As on you know, we sort of discussed last week. Well, it wasn't Xander. I look at those events, and I didn't bet Xander or Morikawa, but 
I fear I knew going in like players like a Morikawa who haven't won in that long. Like, yes, they're showing up because there's a free payday here. But there's like also a am not here to F around mentality. Like I'm embarrassed by this lack of wins. And that logic um, was right. I just picked the wrong need to win. Yeah, guy. you picked the wrong. Yeah. Um, I would agree. I probably would have felt Xander felt closer to it. It's like it's Morikawa back. Um like he's back up uh, back in like what does that mean? Like, is he with Rom? Scotty Hovland Rory no. no but is he like right in the next group yeah right totally or am I wrong no you're to- totally in the next group totally has to be in yeah. the next group top but when people say he's back I don't think they mean like he's with the like the true big three or four at the moment yeah but maybe wanna- maybe this is maybe this is a better way to analyze it Better 2023 season, Colin Morikawa or Patrick Cantlay. Got to buy one of those guys. That's where it gets interesting because I think we can both agree he's not Rom, he's not Rory, he's not Scheffler. He may not even be Hovland yet, although I think you can open up that. I think that discussion gets opened up again, gets closer this year. But but like Hovland, if Hovland, here's the thing with Hovland. Yeah, like he want and like I cash them. Lots of us did. He want like some big boy tournaments, but he's literally like if he doesn't answer the bell in majors, then everyone's just going to turn on him, and it will get to the point where winning a memorial doesn't change your opinion. Like your opinion of Victor Hovland now almost won't change unless he wins a major. Totally. Like winning a We're memorial. Already there. Or Bay We're Hill, already there with him. Totally. Yeah. Like. That's my point. Like winning Bay Hill will not be like, oh, I think Victor Hovland's amazing. No, we're already your your opinion can now only change of putting him in a different category by winning a major. There's nothing else for him to win, even though it's not like he's the most doesn't like have a ton of PGA wins, but he's got enough big ones, and the talent is uh, certainly there. I uh, I want to. I gotta can say, I hijack Jeff- you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hijack me. No. Well, if, if you want to comment on this, then I'll I'll let you. Let me say one more thing what... on Morikawa. You know, I think that I actually watched a decent amount of the Zozo because it was on essentially prime time for me on the West Coast. Watching call Morikawa, it's like watching one of those old Saints games from ten years ago with Drew Brees where there's nothing really flashy about it. You're not really throwing the ball downfield, but it feels impossible to stop. It feels like an impenetrable force. Like this guy is just going to complete eight yard crossing routes until the end of time. It's eight minute drive after eight minute drive. There's like a surgical quality to the way that Colin Morikawa plays golf, which is fun to watch in a way because it's such a it's in such a stark contrast with the way that Bryson dominates or Rory dominates or Rom dominates or Hovland dominates. It's very repetitive the way that Morikawa does it. And it never feels like he's overpowering a golf course. And yet it has to be the most demoralizing style of play to compete against because you can hit the ball 80 yards longer than him 
and he's still going to have a closer birdie putt with his six iron than you are going to have with your wedge. And we haven't seen that version of Colin in a while. And it was, it was there at the Zozo. Like he hit some iron shots that were flawless. It was, it was mistake free golf. Well, there was that stat forever. Like when he putts, he wins. Um, And he could literally be 120th in the field and people like betting him because he does what guys like Tommy Fleetwood, like he spikes. He's shown an ability to spike in the biggest events, let alone the Zozo. Uh, um, You've only got a couple minutes, so I'm going to hijack you though for them. A lot of, and I could literally do like two shows. I could do a show on the ride. I could do a show on the, I could do a Ryder Cup show literally maybe bi-weekly that just talks about the Ryder Cup, the follow-up from it, even <laughs> every week set, like literally talking about who's on the radar, just literally a show that's totally dedicated to all things Ryder Cup. When, I was, when that all the controversy came out, I was like, okay, they're a locker room. They're going to stand together. But at some point, the truth will come out. And where will the truth come out? The truth will come out in broken telephone in a sense. Max Homa isn't going to tell us what happened. Max Homa is going to tell his friends on tour what happened. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're going to be at a jobber event and some like 140th ranked player in the world who's good friends with a couple guys on the team are going to like know the stories. Yeah. And it's all going to sort of start to fall out if that makes any sense. So I believe as the season comes on and goes, we are going to hear more accounts of what actually went on there in the U S locker room. And it kind of already started with Lucas Glover calling out the fact that I saw that the team was like, he has heard firsthand that the team was fractured. The team was fractured. Oh, totally. And, and, face, and I, that was a fractured team. And, and I didn't believe they were fractured watching. I just believe they didn't hit pots and they never recovered from day one. Yeah, but, I, um, and I'm not even saying Lucas Glover's right, but I'm saying now we're going to hear, the guy, the lower tier guys on tour are going to feed the media beast of what we want to know. I think if that makes any sense. No, I mean, I went on this podcast the day after the Ryder Cup and did a two hour Ryder Cup postmortem. And I'm not going to like, this is a weird thing to victory lap, but one of the things I said that was a little bit more on the controversial end for some people was I just came out and said, it. I was like, I think Jamie Weir's right. Like, I actually don't think he's lying from everything that I've heard about Patrick Cantley behind the scenes. Like, this really honestly checks out to me. Now, I know that Max Home is probably going to go on no laying up and say the opposite occurred, but I actually don't think JB Weir is pulling this out of his ass at all. Like, I could, I could, this, I could totally see this happening. I don't think there was some form of silent rebellion over a hat, but does it check out that Cantley was being kind of a sourpuss? Maybe changing in another side of the locker room off alone with Xander and there wasn't that cohesion that the US team wanted to defend so much because I think if you're on the US team like the one thing that you want to dispel more than anything like if I'm a member of the US Ryder Cup contingent the one narrative that's grinding my gears more than anything else is that the European has some magic team chemistry elixir and the American team is just a band of American individualists that can't play together as a group. Like if I'm an American, I'm like, I'm so fucking over that narrative. Right. Yeah. 
probably. We opened up a whole other door for other things. I got to no, go. And I, if I can only say one other thing on the topic, mm-hmm. I believe this is just my opinion. I truly believe, Andy, getting married the day after the Ryder Cup so is weird. so fucking disrespectful and creepy and so weird. weird. It's disrespectful to your bride. It's disrespectful <laughs> to your teammates. It's it's like on so many levels. It's I almost it's want weird. to call it grotesque <laughs> and like psychotic behavior. And this isn't Brian Harmon who found out on a Sunday in July, he was probably making the Ryder Cup team. This is a guy is like locked. And these schedules are, you know, these guys, the true elites of golf and how their schedules are built. Like, unless you go the path of a breakdown like Justin Thomas, these schedules are, are, they're so methodical, man. Monday weddings in general are just a major red flag to begin with, let alone the Ryder <laughs> Cup. I mean, my God. I didn't, I did get a load out of the jokes that were implying that can't like getting a cheaper deal on, uh, the ins and outs of the wedding, the minutia of the wedding, because it was on a Monday. I, I did enjoy some of that discourse a little bit. I, I will admit. I don't understand why. I don't understand why Nikki wanted that either, though. I mean, I guess yeah. if you already have a paid trip to Rome, but I feel like the oh, I feel like sweet. the wedding deserves the wedding deserves its own trip. The wedding deserves its own special spotlight. And now, for the rest of your lives, your wedding. How do you separate the Ryder Cup week from your wedding week for like the rest of your lives? That wedding is always going to be the day after you lost the Ryder Cup and got booed by a bunch of Europeans for not wearing a hat, whether that booing was just or unjust. That's a part of your wedding story for eternity. Isn't like I'm not a girl, like I don't care about these things, but like to the girls, there's like a build up to the week. It's about like. And I like her wedding the days before her wedding. She has to chill with like Brooks Kepka's wife. Not like, <laughs> totally hijacked. Dates. I agree. Like, what's in this for Nikki? Like, I it's don't just get the it weirdest. <laughs> it is. It is truly like I, honestly, it's the type of behavior that if we found out, and God forbid, one day that he drives like a a, a nameless white van and does bad things, like it would all line up. That is how psychotic and disrespect. Like, to both your teammates and your fa- wife and family, that is. they Both of those events deserve 150% of your attention. And they're impossible to split. Like, it's impossible to... They, they both demand... I don't know. Going for the two-for-one special. Guy, I walk down the aisle. It's not like I had to plan things, but you're just... You know, you're just aware. It's just a week where you're just supposed to be like aware of the other part of your life. That's the rest of your life, not the Ryder Cup, and vice versa to what you're supposed, how invested you're supposed to be in the locker. Like, I don't know. I said it. Crazy. Uh, what do you got to plug this week, Jeffrey? Not a whole. I've just got. Uh, there's no golf, which I think is a beautiful treat, and at least PGA, and I'll be. Pat and Tim and I will be going at it. Uh, you know, the Chargers suck. The Jets are great. Pat will be able to find the gold within that. Back, uh, Jeff and I are back 
talking golf on Odds Checker next week. Uh, new golf course. Liv took my Coba from the PGA Tour, the Greg Norman design. What does the PGA Tour respond with? A Tiger Woods designed golf course. First time we're seeing a Tiger Woods designed golf course on the PGA Tour, which should be interesting. Um, all right, Jeffrey. Good to see you, my man. Talk soon, buddy. All the best. Later, Andy. All right, that is it for the podcast. Special thanks to rickrungoods.com. Special thanks to Jeff. I will be going to Media Day at Golden Gate Park on Monday, a new golf course in San Francisco uh, designed by my friend Jay Blasey. If you want to check out the episode I did with Jay on Golden Gate Park, it's on this podcast feed from about two months ago. Uh, But that means I will likely not have... A podcast next week specifically on this Mexico tournament. I am instead going to do something fun that I'm recording this week uh, with a bucket list guest for me. This is a this is a guest that for my podcast has been more requested in terms of how we'd interact together uh, more than any other golf media member. It's the only hint I will give you. So until then, best of luck with your football bets this week. If you want to simply tell my football bets, shipitnation.com promo code Andy is the place to go. And we will see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the dead shed the back